I used to always think of mythology as a form of psychological archaeology. You're not just digging up pieces to look at them and try to figure out what is what's going on with the society. With mythology, you can actually understand the psychological underpinnings of what people actually were thinking, what they were afraid of, what they felt about their parents, what you know the the, the real psychology of the whole thing. So that's what sort of started that whole process. And I had studied Joe Campbell. I continued to study Joe Campbell. And I really tried to take these psychological motifs from mythology all over the world. As a result, I was able to take ideas that go through all societies, through all the ages, and bring them down and put them into a razzle-dazzle Saturday matinee serial action-adventure film. Part of it is to bring back some of those old psychological motifs from mythology that part of it was I just wanted to see if they were still relevant. I knew they were, but you don't really know. How much are just the basics of what are friends for? Why do you join together in a society to help each other? Your relationship to your father. So there's a lot of complicated things that are put in there. You know, there are basic issues that you want to deal with. It's the same thing with the Force, which is basically just an amalgamation of all religions and what all, you know, ever since the very beginning. It always comes down to this mysterious thing that we can't see that has some kind of power over us and or we have power over it or we go to it for help. It explains a lot of the things that, the mysteries, that we can't explain any other way. You have to be like that little bird. Star Wars fans and move milkers everywhere. Welcome to episode number 235 Blast Points. This is Jason. And this is Gabe. Guess what? It's Ewok month. Tonight's continuing fantasy adventure of Sindel and the Ewoks contains some scenes of suspense and jeopardy which may be too intense for very young viewers. Parents are encouraged to watch with their children. Hey, we're Lucasfilm presents The Ewok Adventure next. We've talked about the Caravan of Courage. We've talked about the battle for Endor. We've talked about how they got made, what goes on in them. We've talked about witches, Gorax's spiders, Wilford Brimley. I think we needed to go a little deeper. Like, what, what does it all mean? The forests of Endor are very deep and full of mysteries that need to be explored. The ever-present blooming onion of Star Wars. you got to peel back. All those little onion shards till you get to the center, the core. What's in that core? Can you eat that core? It might make you cry along the way, but it's worth it. That's what we had to do this week for Ewok Month. We had to get to the core to understand the mythology, the symbolism of the Ewok movies. We couldn't do it alone. So we called in the wonderful Marie Claire from the podcast What the Force. Seriously, one of our favorite Star Wars podcasts out there. It's every single week just delivering 
the deep thoughts that make you turn off the podcast and go walk around outside and look at nature, look at the sky for a little while, and then go back <laughs> and listen some more because it just blew your mind. And yeah, honestly, when, when we asked her to come on and talk about the deeper meanings of the Ewok films, we had no idea that it was going to be this wonderful. Yeah, we thought she might say no, but we were pleasantly surprised that she was all for it. And it was an experience. It was an education. It was a good time. Yeah, so you folks are in for a real treat here with this one. So sit back and let's all get to the, the center of this Ewok blooming onion here. So, okay, so first off, thank you so much for t- participating in this level of Ewok ridiculousness with us tonight. We're so happy you agreed to do this. <laughs> oh, my God. Since Kennedy month, I was like, I got to figure out a way to get on blast points. <laughs> and did I ever think it would be, hey, Marie Claire, do you want to talk about the mythic nature of the Ewok adventures? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, this is exciting. <laughs> I had this dream of like, God, that would be really fascinating. I think when I asked you, it's like, it's okay if you want to, if you don't want to do it because it's a little ridiculous, but <laughs> so yeah, again, we're, we're so happy that you're here. I mean, I, I actually don't think it's that ridiculous because it, you can definitely see where he was going when, and where his mind was at George specifically who made both stories like before he got into Willow, it, there's a lot of those elements that end up coming into Willow. And it, it's almost like he was like playing around with fairy tale, which is kind of cool that he was like going way more into those. I don't know. It, it tales we tell our children. One of my favorite sort of bits of knowledge about the two movies is that George got a lot of flack for killing off Ewoks in the first one. And so didn't kill off any Ewoks, but killed off of all of Sendel's family (laughs) (laughs) in the second one. It is like, George, what are you doing? (laughs) Maybe, maybe he identified with Wilford Brimley. I don't know. (laughs) Before we start diving in too deep, I know we're super curious about your experience with the Ewok films, because right, Gabe, like we were saying, it's all—it's always great to hear from somebody who who just watched them just recently. Yeah, I think we're most excited to hear a fresh perspective because previous to what just a few days ago, you had never seen either of them. I had seen them like way when I was a kid. I don't even know because Return of the Jedi growing up was my favorite movie. So I knew I had seen them, but like, it's like these weird fever dreams of what they were. I don't really, I didn't really remember them, but, but like, as soon as I watched them, I was like, oh yeah, I've seen this, but like, did I remember it? I don't, you know, and I feel like I've only seen them ever once before. So yeah, this was, this was quite the experience. And, um, Trying to track them down on the short timeline was a little bit of a of an interesting experience too. I won't I won't say how they fell into my lap, but they did, and I have now seen both movies. I would say that uh, <laughs> watching them again was like they are a little slow paced, right? Like they're very uh, plodding along, and I could see if they were on TV, you'd have like commercial breaks to kind of break up the action and things like that, or or non action or just uh, whatever they're doing in the forest at that exact moment. <laughs> but straight is a little, is a little, it's a little hard to like be like, okay, the Ewoks haven't spoken in like half an hour. It, it, it suffers from some of the, at least the caravan of courage suffers from some of the issues that the holiday special had, which is like, okay, everybody's speaking in Wookiee for the first 30 minutes. Cool. And there's no break from that, right? But overall, what I really loved about it (laughs) was that, yeah, it has all of the Star Wars elements in it. You can easily see the Star Warsian and also mythical nature of the story. And you can kind of see like how at least George's idea was, I want to give them kind of an Ewok fairy tale. Yay. And there, there it is, right? Did you find that the battle for Endor 
had a little bit of a uh, more Star Wars-y kind of pace than Caravan of Courage. Because, yeah, Caravan of Courage is, really takes its time. <laughs> really. It nurses every moment. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I would say that uh, Battle for Endor follows more of a typical like pacing from a Star Wars perspective. Uh, but Caravan of Courage actually more closely follows a hero, a hero's journey, whereas there's something else going on in the Battle for Endor, which is really interesting. <laughs> well, I think I think that's the perfect segue to get started. Let's dive right into 1984's Caravan of Courage, the Ewok Adventure. Broad strokes, what are some of your takeaways? It's very interesting how you can definitely see the, like, George wrote the plot points down on a piece of paper, and they were incredibly, like, out of a Joseph Campbell handbook. You can, like, literally plot those points for Caravan of Courage next to, you're, like, pull out the the hero's journey, and you're, like, okay, they received their boons. Awesome. And now they're going on their adventure. I see. And now they're on their literal road of trials. Okay, you know, now they're in the darkest cave, right? Fighting the beast. And then they have a reconciliation with mom and dad and they're, you know, the the Ewoks themselves have a knowledge of life and death. And so does Mace. And then they all return home together, uh, one family whole. And and the boon that they they have received is the friendship that they have built along the way, which is very lovely. But you can you can almost like track it to the hero's journey, which is I think really wonderful. And every boon that they receive, they use at a key moment to to knock them through their road of trials. E- you know, each of the Ewoks, et cetera, and even Mace learns lessons, and then you know they're kind of back where they were, but whole. Which is the whole point. The problem is, is that you, it's so, like, maybe you could have done that all in, like, 45 minutes rather than an hour and a half or whatever the end length of the Caravan of Courage is. (laughs) Because there's a lot of, like, you know, hey, what are we dealing with now? What are we going through? And and there's a, I mean, it's, it's very George in in some ways to have time to rest at a location and experience it but this was a lot because for much of it you know many of the characters aren't actually speaking english so that does seem to be i think the biggest the biggest difference between the two is you can tell that caravan of courage was like 40 minutes stretched out to 90 minutes where battle for endor was maybe 2 hours cut down to 90 minutes Yes, yes, the pacing was significantly different. And it almost felt like instead of going and trying to build off of uh, a hero, like really like when you're when you're telling a story and you're like, I want to try to tell something that will plug into the hero's journey, you're supposed to study the hero's journey, understand it, and then throw it away and write your story. You're not supposed to kind of map the story to the hero's <laughs> journey. It just ends up like, oh, check they've got their boons like it's like luke getting his lightsaber you can tell exactly when the ewoks and mace and uh sindel get their boons of success and then when they go on their road of of trials you're like oh they're on the road literally like it's yeah anyways is it the group's heroes heroes journey in caravan of courage is it i mean who is sindel yeah you can have groups it's it's called a quest then, right? There's a quest that they're going after. It's not Sindel. Sindel is not the main character in Caravan of Courage. It's Mace. Mace is the main character. It's all from his perspective. And Sindel is um, effectively another Ewok in the story. And I think that might be why they killed him off at the second story. <laughs> it was like, oh, wait, we need to also tell a story about a little girl also, George uh, got razzed from his daughter, too. So maybe maybe there was a reason. <laughs> I never really thought of it that way, as Sindel is another one of the Ewoks. And it kind of, 
makes sense. And it, yeah, and like you're saying, it makes even more sense in the second one where they're like, we're just going to get rid of all the previous human characters and start over. But they have to keep Sindel because she's she's more an Ewok than than a human at that point. Well, and and also Mace gets the least interesting of the boons, right? That's a, that's that's very heroic as well, right? He gets the rock. He gets a literal rock. Uh, and he's like, what am I supposed to do with a rock? But it's actually very, very important, you know, through the course of the journey. And it's like, what is the treasure on the inside? That's something also that's quite like, you know, what is the power is within rather than Aladdin, you know, look for the diamond in the rough, you know, like that. that's what we're trying to say is that Mace was very uh, rough around the edges and he needed this journey to self-discovery to become a decent human because he wasn't one. He was a jerk. <laughs> and I think yeah. I think that's the thing that's kept me from identifying with Mace in Caravan of Courage is that I've just never liked him. It was only kind of with with these recent the, the Ewok month episodes we've done where his very vain moment where he stops to look at his reflection in the little pond. And he gets trapped under the water. It's weird. It's surreal. Like Endor is literally the strangest planet in all of Star Wars. But that's such like a weirdly like metaphorical, symbolic little moment right there. Absolutely. And it's it's very much like an Arthurian quest. You're tempted by something, by your hubris, by your pride. And your goal is to overcome that. And if you can't overcome that, your community comes together to help you. That's why it's a quest, not necessary. And, and that's why, like, it can still be a hero's journey, of course, but it has a quest motif to it because of the group dynamic, as well as the goal is to save the family. The goal is to, to get to the cave. The goal is to defeat the monster. You know, it has all of the quest elements. I do, I do love that moment, though. Yeah. Yeah. That, but that, that moment where he is, you know, looking at himself, that is something that he's facing an, an internal, uh, he's, he's having a narcissistic moment and that's the danger is right. Is the, is the thing that tempts you off the, your own path. You know, Campbell talks about Lancelot on the knife's bridge, the idea that he had to cross this, uh, bridge basically made out of the edges of knives and the symbolism of that is that if you were to stray from your own path or your own journey, you will fall into the waters never to be seen again. And if you stay, it's as thin as the side or the edge of, of a sword to stay on that path, right? And if you fall off, how are you supposed to be saved? Well, you're saved often through you know, the allies that you have with you along the quest, right? The the Ewoks, Sindel, all of them are helping Mace become a better person. What's what's really cool and one thing I love about the, the Mandalorian, I'm going to divert just momentarily, is that we can tell that uh, the Mandalorian, Din Djarin, is on a hero's journey because his ship is called the Razor's Crest. The knife's edge, mm-hmm. the razor's edge, right? Uh, it's a very mm-hmm. symbolic meaning to say only through this direction can I can I pass. But yeah, mace mace fails, and failure is part of the hero's journey. Of course, you you have to fail to learn. He is absolutely the worst at the beginning and he becomes a better person by the end. Only, only to die. <laughs> Like moments into the battle for Endor, which is like just Lucas. <laughs> before we before we dive into all that beautifulness, what what did you take of the the ending of uh, Caravan of Courage and the Gorax? Because it's all it's here. Here we have our final confrontation: a larger than life monster, the parents in a cage. It's all there's a lot. I feel like there's a lot going on there. Yeah, anytime that you have a large monster, it's David versus Goliath. It's and and there's even more there's even more Davids because they're even shorter than normal. And the classic like I I'm coming back from the depths to pull you in uh is is also very classic and also, you know, sacrificing one of their one of their brethren to uh <laughs> because because they must be sacrificed. Oh, George, I'm sure you got an earful about that. But 
<laughs> like the I, the idea is that is the monster in ourselves that we have to tame or kill or overcome. And, you know, that is Mace. Mace is the one who is is a monster to his parents. And he has to be overcome and put in his place. That's the whole point. It's the journey from adolescence into adulthood. You have to realize you can no longer be a whiny, complainy, terrible person. Your parents. You have to be a civil person and contribute to society and uh, respect your parents and all of that. It's all just, you know, the same thing. Is is Mace, I, I feel like they chose Mace because of like, like, and the characteristics that the character brought out very much align to whiny Luke in A New Hope. It's just compacted because we don't have other people to distract us. <laughs> He's even wearing like Luke-like outfit, like like his eventual like like jumpsuit. It's weird, and his hair is blonde and like kind of Luke-like. Like, is he Luke? It's deep like the pit the Gorax falls into. <laughs> it's he's like Luke Concentrate, like when you buy orange juice in the little frozen concentrate like thing, and if you put like four cups of water in it, then it tastes like juice. Mace is just eating it right out of the can. Well, and his name is Mace, which you go back to the original drafts. Like Mace was the main character, like way back in the like what would when it was seventy two, seventy three, whatever drafts. So in a way, just the name Mace is kind of the proto-Luke. Well, and Mace Windu is kind of a jerk. So he's kind of a Mace Tawani as a Jedi. Lucas never throws anything away, apparently. Ever. (laughs) Just like, it's in there somewhere. He's going to pull it out. I wonder, because Mace is so protective of Sindel. He's such a jerk. You know, when, when... Sindel is sick, and he's yelling at everybody, saying she needs medicine. And Sin- the way Sindel is in the, the first film and the second one, but mostly the first film, she's so innocent. I don't know. I almost think like she's like Mace's like, conscious or something. Or what did, what did you take of Sindel besides just being a, a supporting Ewok-esque kind of character? Well, she's also Mace's anima, right? Like the the feminine part of himself, that like good, innocent, like loving, caring, compassionate person that identifies with the Ewoks, that is also, he's reflecting on her. And he blames her when she is, you know, too into the Ewoks or too like accepting of them, maybe not mistrusting enough, right? And then he also tries to protect her because he wants to protect you know, viciously that part of himself too. The goal is to protect, but also he gets mad at her for investing too much in the Ewoks or doing things that he wouldn't want her to do. Also, this is making me think of Phantom Menace too, where, you know, the the mutual life forms working together for the mutual advantage. And we talked a lot about how kind of the, the kitty-like aspect of Caravan of Courage is kind of a precursor to a lot of what we got in episode one, but that's also in there too, where Mace is really kind of distrusting of the Ewoks because he doesn't understand them. He, you know, it reminds me of a lot of these Phantom Menace kind of themes. Yeah, absolutely. And it takes uh, a bridge to figure that out through another person. Yeah, there's there's a lot going on there. I see. It's almost like in Phantom Menace, you could flip and. Mace is Padme and Sindel is Anakin. Yeah, yeah. As far who's the who's the trust who's the trusting one and the and the kind one and who's the one that's not trusting and and kind of a jerk at first. <laughs> and who who feels they have responsibilities, right? Who who is who's the one who has responsibilities over getting their parents back, taking care of their, you know, their people and who um is this tale supposed to be about? Because is it about Anakin in the first movie? It's not. Yeah. It's about what happens to the Queen of Naboo. <laughs> right. Yeah, and that's very similar. Like, I think for all this time, like, if you asked me who the main character of Caravan of Courage was, I would say Sindel. But, yeah, it's you're absolutely right. It's Mace, yeah. Yeah. 
disappointingly. No, just kidding. No, he's he's fine. He he's fine. He has a good five minute life after Caravan of Courage ends. Uh, who knows? They were probably on there for years. He completed his journey. He he grew as a person, and now he can move on to the next life. I mean, I I just want to say watching. Caravan of Courage is like more easily available. I found it on YouTube. Like, I don't, I don't know. Um, that was, it was easier to find than uh, Battle for Endor. But I do think that watching it with the hero's journey in mind, it literally like you can like, you know, stop it and like write down, be like, ah, boons, ah, road, ah, beast. You know, like you can, you can, if you're trying to learn it, it's very clearly outlaid for you. So if you're just like, oh, what do these things look like? Uh, without any sort of confusing plot in the way. It's all there. <laughs> That's my pitch for it. Lucas is always trying to make <laughs> things to teach people. So it's 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 teaching kids about life, and it's also teaching storytellers about the hero's journey. <laughs> all, all it needs is a pop-up video, you know, version of it, where it's like, pop, and it's got like, and here is the boon of success that they all receive, which will be used. Here is the gathering of allies. Here, yeah, exactly. It should be taught in schools. I know we're ready. Like, we'll do a college course. The Ewok films, we're ready to go. You guys have done enough work on them. <laughs> see far, far away. A brother and sister search for their missing parents. How are we going to find them? We will. Don't worry. And fate leads them to the magical Ewoks. We help you. Now, a great adventure begins. You hear that? It's an action-packed motion picture. Featuring incredible special effects from the award-winning team of Industrial Light and Magic. That's Mommy and Daddy. Sometimes when you search for the impossible, an unbelievable adventure unfolds. I wish we had furry creatures like you where I came from. Don't miss the Ewok Adventure. Now on video cassette from MGM UA Home Video. So I think that moves us in nicely to the second film in the cinematic Ewok saga, The Battle for Endor. Once again, broad strokes with The Battle for Endor. What's the overall thesis here? Uh, Endor is a crazy place. I actually feel like it exists out of space and time because it does not like it feels like maybe like there's like it's got like the mists of Avalon or something because like where is that castle when they look at it from Return of the Jedi? I want to know where that castle is. Vader would totally hang out in that castle if he knew that castle was there or does that castle only exist, you know, only on a full moon or something like that? Who knows? It is already a moon, so that doesn't count. But you know what I'm saying. <laughs> but yet this one actually has way more technology in it than the last one, whereas the last one like had way less technology. I don't I don't know how that's possible, but there's way more guns, way more like machine gun blasters. Like there's way more technology, but then it also is mixed in with all these fantastical elements that you would get in a fairy tale. Castles, witches, curses, orcs. They all kind of look like orcs. <laughs> so after the obvious hero's journey of Caravan of Courage and what all the characters went through, how does that lead into this story? And does it actually carry on from any of that? Or is it a complete like clean slate and they kind of keep some characters and it starts over as its own thing? I think it's it's I think it's a brand new tale, and it's because the sh the focus shifts from Mace to Sindel. And she is definitely, you know, with Wilford Brimley on his own thing, because you can have more than one tale happening at the same time. It's a movie, right? But Sindel actually has like a really interesting thing that happens to her over the course of the story. And it affects Wilford Brimley's character, Noah, so much. It's really interesting because her character teaches him humanity and you can almost get to where Lucas is 
actually plug it into Maureen Murdoch's heroine's journey, which is fascinating. So uh, Maureen Murdoch was a psychologist who loved Campbell, spoke with Campbell a lot, but felt like, especially from um, a psychological counseling perspective, the hero's journey wasn't enough to describe the experiences of womanhood for women and so created a version of her own, kind of renaming the steps. They're both very, very, very similar, but they different things happen. Because when Campbell originally would be talking about women going on the hero's journey, he would say stuff like, and again, Campbell is not very good about speaking about women um, until later in his life when he got like an entire class of women and he listened to them. Um, (laughs) consistently for a bunch of years. You can actually see the changes in his writing. But he would say, so the hero goes on a journey and the woman is already there, if that makes sense. It makes me think of like Princess Leia. Yeah. Where Luke goes on his journey and Leia is already, Leia's just there, just waiting. Yeah, exactly. That's like in his, in his mind, he's like, well, she's either, you know, the end of the journey, the reward or the thing that he as is in the throne room or the award presentation room at the end of A New Hope where she's up on the altar. She's already there. She's already at the end because women, although they can go on journeys, of course, what they need to realize about themselves is that their power has always existed on the inside. And it's about remembering that power within understanding that power within and not being afraid of it. And that's why like the last Jedi is so powerful to many women is because it plugs into the idea that Ray has always been powerful and her power is just something that she needs to understand and she needs to, you know, grapple with internally. And that's why it feels like a quieter story to many people who are maybe not used to seeing heroin journey stories on like in front of them. Right. Exactly. Right. But Sindel's story plugs into that. It's fascinating because her compassion and her love are strengths. And it's what brings this wounded masculine man who Wilford Brimley's Noah is. He is wounded. He is hurt. He lost his friend, who could have been his husband, we don't know. Could, could have been. <laughs> Head cannon. I don't know. <laughs> but he lost. He lost his good friend, and and she teaches him how to care about another person again, another human, bringing back him from being an angry, grumpy monster in some ways. Like he's a very scary man, and when they first meet him, and through the course of their adventure together, she realizes that she has something to bring, which is the love that she has for the creatures of Endor. But through through her love for these other creatures, there is one notable exception, though, which is the witch, which I was like, what are they going to do with the witch? Because I did not remember what happened with her. Can I just get a shout out for the Reverend Mother in this, like from Dune, the David Lynch version? She's amazing. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. With all the Dune news recently. Yeah. I was like, she, her voice still gives me shivers. It's like ASMR. I don't know. Like evil ASMR. I don't know. But yeah, she's amazing. But they they kind of just use her as this really interesting um, also victim. And by Sindel and by you know, Wicket and Noah, you know, defeating the evil monster, she is finally free. That's kind of interesting too. One of the thing, one of the important things about heroine's journeys often is that you're coming through adolescence, right? Like it's always those stories, but heroine's journeys can kind of happen at any point in your life as a woman and, or as a man too. You just have to reconnect with your feminine. And that's like, what they're plugging into is that Sendel is becoming a self-realized individual. Unfortunately, like why did it have to start with her killing her, killing off her full family? I'm still, I'm still so confused by that. So that's the high level. What is going on behind the scenes? Not a hero's journey. It's definitely focused on Sindel. And, but her journey is not about defeating monsters. It's about, bringing out the best in herself and thus bringing out the best in others. When we watched it again recently for our episode, we were picking up on a lot of 
Last Jedi similarities. Mm-hmm. Wilford Brimley, when he comes into the cabin and Sindel's in there with Teak and Wicket, it's almost note for note like when they first discover Luke on the island. Yep. <laughs> and so much of what you were saying with Sindel, Sindel's journey, it's... It, yeah, like it's it's it sounds a lot like yeah what we love about the Last Jedi. Too. Yeah, it's it's that it's that you know very feminine focused story, right? Sindel is afraid of who she is, right? She's she's abandoned. She's got all of those things going on, and a grumpy old man is you know a wounded masculine that is literally part of the heroine's journey is healing the wounded masculine is part of it and it's it's externally focused so in this you know wilfred brimley i keep on calling him that noah is like a grumpy and cantankerous much like mace was and this is in some ways i would say psychologically speaking a way for sindel to resolve some of her unresolved issues that she had with her brother what's really cool is that like it starts like in the heroine's journey she is one of the Ewoks, very much like a continuation of of uh, Caravan of Courage. She is integrated into them so much that Wicket now kind of sort of speaks, which was cool. I loved hearing him actually speak. I don't know. I have good vivid memories of Wicket being able to speak, so I must remember more of this movie than I thought I did. What's also really cool is that the bad guy craves this uh unknown power that only these humans seem to have the answer is yes kidnap the six-year-old she must know how the power source works <laughs> that's very classic fairy tale too like the woman who has the key to unlock the power even if she doesn't actually know how to do it they think she does because feminine power is something that especially men in the patriarchy want to control and the goal is to never let them control it. And, and we see that because both of our women in this show are literally locked in cages at one point because they're too powerful or they have secret knowledge that cannot be controlled. But yeah, you guys are right. There is a lot of similarities with uh, TLJ. I, I love the moment when uh, Sindel, Sindel sings to Noah and like opens up his heart. That's the compassion piece. Um, we actually see something similar in uh, Hidden Fortress where the main character melts the evil general's, or sorry, our princess melts the uh, evil general's heart by singing to him. I think that that's like a really nice moment. And then she is tempted out of her safety and security by the goddess figure by the pool. Right, trying to reconnect with her, with a mother-like figure, because this, you know, person is singing a song to her, much like her mother would. Interesting stuff, very mythical stuff going on there. And actually, it turns out to be a false reflection, which is very similar, like you said, to what Rey experiences in The Last Jedi. Looking for her parents. Let me see, let me see them. My parents. My parents. Please, please. Teak, what did you make of Teak? Because I kind of think of him like the the funny character that guides Sindel along to the next part, you know, like if Noah is the central part of the story with Sindel and Noah, it may, like we said, Teak makes no sense. Like, what is he? He's not an Ewok. He's just this funny little creature that lives in the forest. I mean, he is of course an ally, right? But he kind of functions like C-3PO in some ways. He's the eyes of the audience. He lets them know when they're in super danger. Like when uh, they're in the battle and he gets hurt, people are like, oh no, it's actually really serious. Very much to like how C-3PO would literally just say, 
you know, oh, this is so serious. We're never going to get out of this alive. Like, it's like that, right? He is a reflection of the audience's fears and uh, shows that comic relief to be like, you know, oh, don't worry, they're going to get out of this. Or isn't this funny? Or, you know, oh, hey, no, is not actually a bad guy because he takes care of Teak. He's audience insert, which is also very useful. But he's also an ally to everybody in the on their adventure, too. Do you think he's a reflection of the audience of Caravan of Courage wishing it was faster? <laughs> I, I will take that. Yeah, that's that's very meta. <laughs> One big thing with the Battle for Endor, the darkness of the movie. It's hard to get past because it it's like we said, it starts out with the death of the family that we had reunited in the first film. Noah's long lost best friend, husband. Salik, they show his bones in the jail cell like 20 times. <laughs> what, did you, what, what did you take out of just the darkness of this part two? I mean, fairy tales are dark, right? And it's okay as long as you know that there's going to be happiness and light. And I was actually a little worried about this when I started. I, I did a little uh, like googling to remind myself of the Heidi Pollyanna tropes because I was worried that they were going to lean heavily into Sindel being like too positive in in reflection of how dark the movie is but she's really not she gets scared and she gets worried and she's worried for her friends and that reflects in her own fears and everything like that um because as they go to to Pollyanna I, I always worry about about a movie <laughs> um but I think that I think that it's okay. Like one of the things about a good journey is that you will have peaks and valleys, right? You will have hope and you will have desolation and you will have hope and you'll have desolation because they need to go through all of the different trials and experience the the bad and the good to know, okay, where is the middle ground? Where is the center? Where what is important to us? And for Noah and for Sindel, it's being together. And finding a new form of family together. That's what they find. Well, with that too, does it, would the movie work as well as it does, which is definitely subjective whether it works as well as it does, but would it, if her family weren't killed, like where would, could we even have had the same story if her family had survived? I feel like, like her family survived, but there was a reason that, they weren't with her because parents are in both versions of the journey threshold guardians. They are the thing that will hold you back from going on an adventure. At the start of the story, when she meets Noah, he doesn't hold her back from adventure. He is not a parent. <laughs> he becomes a parent. That's his journey, right? He, he accepts the responsibility over time. I don't know. I think that there's probably a way that you could have them be part of the inevitable ultimate boon for for her. And there is something to be said that she never really reconciles with the memory of her mother other than the song that she sings, which is also pretty wonderful. They would have to be somehow out of the picture. And death, as you know, in Star Wars is always the easiest way to get them out of the picture. Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Just just stop it for a while, Star Wars. We get it, you know? Yes. <laughs> we get it. You like to kill parrots. Cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Did Mace, Mace self-actualized in Caravan of Courage and then he dies? Come on, guys. Right away. Just right away. <laughs> right, right away. <laughs> I'm curious where George Lucas talked about and Warwick Davis said in interviews that they were th – Considering doing a third Ewok film, following the path that it was going, where do you think that would have gone? If, let's say it's Wilford Brimley's back, Aubrey Miller returns as Sindel, let's say 1987, we had Ewok 3. What would be the next step in the story? How old is Sindel? How old is she supposed to be in Bell for Endor? Like six or something? Maybe she's seven or eight, let's say. Yeah, I mean, the next logical journey that she would go on would be through puberty and adolescence, and that would be a super interesting thing. 
to see her go on. But then Wilford Brimley would be the thing that would be keeping her back from her journey. And she would ha- either have to say, hey, I got to go on this journey on my own or somehow trick him to escape, et cetera, because she has a need to go on this journey and transform. That's the whole point, right? She's going and transforming. She's becoming who she's meant to be in that moment, right? And you go through multiple journeys throughout the course of your life. And one is not necessarily uh, the end of it, except for Mace. R.I.P. Mace. But you know what I'm saying? Like the next journey, logically, like, I don't know, think about like the ages that we often see with the young adults. We see Harry Potter, we see Percy Jackson, you know, we see all these YA people. uh, 14 to 16 would be my ideal. So like you aim her for, you know, 92. Because she does say she will, it is very similar to Phantom Menace again. She says, I will come back to her wicket. She says she'll return and see her Ewok friends again. We should, we should write this fan fiction. Because, like, it's discovering what adulthood means to Sindel would be super interesting with her little friends. Because now she is grown right? It would be some time after Return of the Jedi. She'll be taller than him, them. She'll like have to reconcile that with the, with the change of her stature, et cetera. Understanding what it's like to no longer be a child and be an Ewok because she was one at one point. Ah, that's, that's, there's a lot of choice stuff in there. Somebody pitch that to John Favreau. We know he wants to write it. I, d- I definitely want to watch it. So hopefully some <laughs> hopefully somebody <laughs> picks that up. Wicked has a daughter. I don't know. Like I'm just it would be cool to see Wicked's daughter and Sindel going on an adventure. That'd be cool. I've talked about it a million times on the show, but like my dream is to finally someday see an old gray haired Wicket show up. So <laughs> he was in Rise of Skywalker, but he didn't have his gray hair yet. So hopefully there's always the future we can get the old Wicket story. And maybe old Sindel. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think there's space for more, more uh, Ewok adventures. Monday. Here they come. From the creator of the Star Wars saga. I want the power. Lucasfilm presents the greatest adventure. There's no escape for you, my little one. Ewoks: The Battle for Endor. Parental discretion is suggested. We now return to Ewoks: The Battle for Endor. I really love the fact that they lean so heavily into the fantasy elements and you can see how much like the, the attack on the um, sort of Ewok village early on in the movie is very, it just reminded me so much of Willow and the attack on Willow's village, you know, and the castle and sneaking into the castle and kind of all of those different elements and it it definitely feels like he was well on that way to Willow and, um, you know, the straight up fantasy that he ends up doing, you know, eventually. Like the, the thing about Endor and the Ewok adventures is that we need the human eyes to be there, at least in live action. We need we need human eyes in action because the Ewoks can make very few facial expressions Um so we need humans to experience adventures when it's live action. Um, but like Willow leans heavily into the fantastical elements and I love where they go with those fantastical elements. Like they just like crank up the volume to like 17, you know, out of 10, like, it's just like you know, and, and it just goes very, very extreme. And I, I think you can see how much he was leaning into that already with like, and there's a castle and there's a witch and there's magic and there's transformations and like it's all there and i'm really happy he started to like go that direction and i i actually just like i want more fantastical in star wars i don't think that it's a bad thing i want more medieval i want them to go like way far back in the past and have like force users that are actually wizards and like get that name out there justifiably Lean more heavily into it, please. We're we're right there with you. And what's cool too is something we're talking about next week's episode for Ewok Movie Month is Sheral, the witch, kind of led the way to the Night Sisters. Oh, definitely. You can see that. Yeah. 
Which is super cool because the Night Sisters exist in that super fascinating realm of, you know, different ways of using the Force, which is so cool. And it all, it kind of goes right back to Sheral in the wonderful battle for Endor. <laughs> and I and I love that her voice, like that raspy sound, so much like Ventress's voice. Like it feels very similar. I know she came like way before and not the same actress at all, but it it feels like they're of the same kind of like. Is she actually a night sister? Who knows? That's kind of a cool idea too. An abandoned night sister on Endor. Nope. Uh, again, we're getting to this next week, but there's a StarWars.com databank entry from 2004 that says she is a former Jedi and is a Night Sister from 2004. It's all there, Lucasfilm. <laughs> she's not dead by the end. She's just a bird. Like, come on. She can come back. She can she, come back. She could totally come back. Do more powerful women that are witches or not. Yes. Watching them, Charal rubbed a strange ring on her finger. In the blink of an eye, she changed into a raven and flew after them. Hidden among the trees, Sindel threw her arms around her injured father. Daddy, they killed Mommy and Mace. This has just been incredible. I'm... I feel like I need to lay down after all this. My brain is spinning, <laughs> spinning. <laughs> I need to go watch both movies again now, now that I got all this new stuff to look for. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like a mythic lens is is definitely a fun way to look at Star Wars. It's one of my favorite ways. I, I fall down like these these spirals of mythology and symbolism all the time. And I'm like, but what does it mean to us as humanity? And yeah, just, you know, but I, you can definitely see like he's trying to tell stories of becoming, right? Both of these stories are stories of somebody becoming who they're meant to be. And that's, that's interesting. That's, that's solidly Star Wars. Wrapped up in teddy bears and castles and murder yeah. bears. <laughs> if for any reason people are out there are not listening to What the Force, tell the folks out there all about how they can listen to What the Force. What is What the Force? What the Force is a very meta Star Wars podcast, and I talk about things, everything from myth and symbolism to deep diving into the music and how it works to, you know, how the parallels of the writing, uh, you could compare it to, you know, Greek tragedy as a way, you know, I, I talk about all sorts of different things. It's kind of like whatever happens to be on my mind and you get to come along on my weird journey. And really it's just me exploring Star Wars in the weird way that I explore Star Wars. But a lot of people seem to enjoy it uh, for the ride. So that's good. Um, I also talk a lot about myth and symbolism on the podcast. And that is why you both lovely men asked me to come on and talk about the Ewok adventures. Uh, you can find What the Force at whattheforce.ca or anywhere podcasts are found and YouTube. And we also have started to publish articles on whattheforce.ca. So you can check out written formats, metas, analysis, reviews, all on there as well if you're interested. And if you want to follow me on social media, we're on Facebook at What the Force Podcast. We're on Instagram at what the force WT force media and Twitter at WT force show. I can't find a consistent handle to save my life. Totally, totally understandable. And we'll have uh, links to all of that in this episode's show notes to, to make it really easy for folks to subscribe and follow along. And yeah, I can't recommend it enough. And this has been, this has been one of my favorite episodes we've ever done. <laughs> no, I mean, but I think that, the most important takeaway is that any story that speaks to you and, you know, you can use as a way, as a lens to, uh, you know, talk about your own journey is valuable, including our Ewok adventures. And uh, they can be used as an analog for your own journey, too. That's perfect. 
Marie Claire, we cannot thank you enough for coming on. This has just been so wonderful. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Well, thanks for having me. Oh, well, that was great. Thank you so much, Marie Claire, for coming on and enlightening us on on the deeper meaning in the Ewok films. Seriously, my mind is blown. That's all I can say. I don't even know if I can keep going. What else is there to say? I- it's kind of like you hit me in the chest on my ruby ring, and I've now turned to ash. I'm Salak, basically. I'm I'm a bunch of bones. <laughs> <laughs> hanging in a the bottom of a castle right now. That's that's mentally where I'm at. Yeah. Oh, yes. Thank you again so much, Marie Claire. Go listen to What the Force. You won't regret it. But we still have got a giveaway to take care of. Ewok Movie Month is the hashtag that has literally taken over the world. Everybody's doing it. They're posting stuff on Twitter and or Instagram with the hashtag Ewok Movie Month. If you do that, you are in the running to get an amazing prize from Nerd Matters. They make incredible pins. They made the wonderful George Lucas with the child pin. It's the best. They have given us these Ewok adventure action figure card back sticker sets. And we've got a winner this week. And it blew us away. It's Ian... On Twitter, his name's Here's a Pro Tip. He composed a song titled Ewok Funk. And I don't know, I think we should uh, I think we should listen to it here and check out some Ewok Funk. what ewok month is all about (laughs) so ian you are our winner you will be getting special prize from nerd matters it'll be in the mail at the end of the month and don't forget as long as you post something this month you will be in the running and if you posted something previously and you haven't won yet you are still eligible to win so make a song do a dance make some cupcakes hire a plane to do skywriting and say, I love the Ewok movies. Whatever you want to do, just make sure you use the hashtag Ewok Movie Month and keep all the goodness coming. Return of the Jedi. When you make friends with an Ewok, you're making the best friend in the universe the bad times and lead you to the good. There's Wicked W. Warwick, bravest of all the Ewoks, and Princess Nisa, the cuddliest in the Empire. But make sure they're not caught off guard. Who knows when the evil Empire will return? Only you can decide with Star Wars toys. And these last points, too accurate for sand people. Only Imperial stormtroopers are so precise. say it every single week apple podcast reviews if you're listening on something apple something or other 
Go over there, write a little something nice, and we'll read your review in an upcoming show. And make sure you check out our website, BlastPointsPodcast.com. And follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And if you're on Facebook, make sure you're in the Super Chill group. It's a nonstop Star Wars party in there every single day. And if you want to support the show in some other different way, don't forget about the Blast Points Army on Patreon. We are going to have a bonus episode coming later this month and a commentary for something I'm really looking forward to later this month. Something magical. Something strange and magical. And then November and December, Blast Points Army, it's going to be cold outside, but it's going to be hot in the Army. Might be a little Mando Madness coming. But that about wraps up episode 235 here. Again, we thank Marie Claire from What the Force so much for making us run around the forest like Teak. Be drifting asleep tonight with deep thoughts about the Ewok movies, which is the best place to be. And Ewok Month continues next week. More Ewoks, more magic, more blurgs, more witches. Yeah, until then, thanks everybody. Bye bye. May the force be with you. Goodbye, old friend. May the force be with you. When you asked me to be on the show, you're like, I don't know where this is going to go. And now you're like, oh, God, where did this go? No, no, this is this is this is this is beyond. This is perfect. Absolutely perfect. <laughs> this is what we were hoping for. And you. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's going on. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious, isn't it? <laughs> May the force be with all of you.